Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Today is a special day in the lives of us here at Calvary Baptist Church. It's not often that we get to share with those that God has called into vocational ministry. Thank you, Esther. And I use that term vocational ministry because we are all in full-time ministry. We are all full-time Christians. Kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Part-time Christian just doesn't fit together. But God has allowed us here at Calvary Baptist Church in the last six months to share with those that he has called to serve him in a, in a very special, special way. You remember last April we shared with Mike and Heather Goy. Mike and Heather are now serving the Lord at Camp Barakal. And we have received some great reports. I talked to Mike for about 45 minutes on Tuesday. And he's now catching his breath after the summer camping season. And today we get to celebrate what God has done in Amy Wichterman's life. Amy, the process started more than a year ago, I'm sure. And you have been trying to determine what God would have you do and how he would allow you to, to serve him and connected with RBM, Rural Bible Ministries. And last year kind of was mentored in the Kalamazoo County area and Paul, thank you so much for your ministry with, with Amy. We prayed for you as you were teaching her to drive that bus. That was a big deal, wasn't it? And Bob, it's good to have you and your wife here, executive director of RBM here in southwest Michigan. Is that the title? In Michigan. Thank you so much for coming. But as I thought about today's service, my mind was directed to this passage of Scripture. Will you read it with me, please? 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to begin with verse 3, and you follow along and and read silently as, as we look at this passage of Scripture. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Look with me at verses 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Paul loved Timothy. Timothy was his protege. Timothy was one that Paul had invested years of ministry, mentoring him, sharing with him, and encouraging him, helping him to grow in his relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And Paul's at the end of his life. He's in jail at Rome, not sure exactly when that life is going to end. And so he writes back to Timothy and he says, Timothy, I want you to fan the flame. 
I want you to use what God has given to you in an effective way to serve Him and make a difference in other people's lives. I want you to understand that God gave you what you have, and God made you who you are, not so you can just sit and soak it all in, but so that you can make a difference. God has blessed you in a very special way, Amy. He's made you the way you are. He's gifted you. And now you're serving it. You're fanning the flame. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a small part of that. Today, we're going to share in Amy's life, but I don't want the rest of you to miss it. Because today, each of us should look at the gifts and abilities that God has given to us. Because we all need to fan the flame as full-time new creatures in Christ Jesus for the honor and glory of our God. Now, I want you to know that Amy is much more comfortable in front of children than she is in front of adults. She has a number of release time classes over in Kalamazoo, and and some of them are rather large. And so when we were putting this together, Amy says, would you care if I did a little testimony by videotape? Now, as it worked out, it was a God thing. Because Amy's not feeling real well. Wednesday she got sick and she's just not doing 100% this morning. So that was a God thing. But I, but I want to go to the video right now. And, and I want you to hear from Amy's lips. What God has done in, in her life. And I want you to get excited about that. And then we're going to ask Pastor Spencer to come. And where'd he go? There he is. Pastor Spencer to come and, and, and challenge us. Because he's, he's known Amy for a long time. And then Bob is going to come and, and share with us about RBM and, and encourage us. And then, then we're going to look into this passage just very briefly this morning, okay? I hope it's a time of encouragement to you. So, Amy, by videotape, we're going to do this, all right? Pastor asked me to talk about um, how I came to work with RBM Ministries, Rural Bible Mission, and God's working in my life in that. Um, I was an elementary school counselor for eight years, and uh, I was able to work with lots of hurting children, but it was a difficulty for me because I knew that the one thing that they needed was Jesus, and that was the only thing that I couldn't talk to them about. And so it was, it was hard for me, and I began praying for a change, and after eight years, I was called into the superintendent's office and told that because of budget cuts, um, they were eliminating my position. And I probably should have been more upset about that than I was because I really saw that as an answer to prayer. And so I began praying about uh, what God would have me to do next. And during that time, uh, I became became reacquainted with RBM Ministries. I had attended uh, release time Bible classes as a child when they were available at my um, public elementary school. And uh, RBM had also done all the vacation Bible schools at my church growing up. And so I had uh, history with them and learned a lot from them. But as I began talking with them and praying about it, I really saw RBM as a good fit for me because I would be able to teach public school children about Jesus, and that was the one thing that I wanted to do and hadn't been able to do. And so um, 
last year I started working in Kalamazoo County with uh, uh, lots of the schools, school districts there and teaching release time Bible classes. And so once a month we take the kids uh, who have parental permission from the school to a nearby church and teach them Bible lessons. And the neat thing about that is that uh, RBM estimates that over 50% of the kids who attend those classes do not regularly attend church. So it's a real opportunity um, to see kids learn who may never have heard about Jesus. And last year I, I was privileged to see lots of kids who um, chose to receive Christ as Savior. And so I'm very thankful to God for giving me this opportunity to work with RBM, and I'm thankful to you, Calvary Baptist Church, for the support you've given me, for the financial support, for the prayer support, and allowed me to uh, be able to share Jesus with these public school children. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? Sharing Jesus with people Young people, older folks, who need to know him as personal Savior. Pastor Spencer, come. How many of you had some contact with RBM when you were growing up? Look at all the hands. I did too. Francis Goodman was our Jackson County RBM individual and teacher. And we had, uh, although I didn't get into any of the released Bible classes, we had Bible school every summer with uh, Francis Goodman. And uh, my last summer there, I drove a red, white, and blue bus picking up kids for Bible school. Uh, that uh, we were going to. That, that was back when the buses were not yellow. They were red, white, and blue. If there was ever a lady that was destined to work with children from the womb, or was destined from the womb to work with children, I should say. All children come from the womb. But if there was ever a lady that was destined by God from the womb to work with children, it was Amy. Her parents, Bob and Deb Wickerman, they met at RBM camp over by Gull Lake. And after a number of years, they were married at Camp Barakel. And when it was convenient to do so, over the years, they and their family worked at Camp Barakel all during the summers. When Abby got ready to go to school, she went to Western Michigan, and there she studied children, psychology. When she got done with her studies at Western, she went up to what was then Grand Rapids Baptist College, and took her Bible counseling classes there. Her first job for a year and a half was teaching autistic preschool children. And then she worked for eight years in the Lakeview School District as an elementary counselor.
she told us how that that job came to an end. And what was she to do? Obviously, there must be a ministry with children that Amy could uh, move into and continue her love, her love for kids. For the last five or six years, Amy and some of her family have gone up to Barakel to work during the summer. She then went to work for RBM and last year got involved in the release time classes. You saw her on the bus that she is the proud joint owner of and uh, uh, now a, uh, uh, a certified driver. In her spare time, she teaches Sunday school here at Calvary in the elementary classes and also junior church. And if she has any other time left, she was licensed to work as a foster parent. Obviously, Amy is God's gift to children. And you know what? She's also God's gift to Calvary. The Lord bless you, Amy. We love you. Come on up, Bob, please. Executive Director, RBM here in, in Michigan. Paul has been men Amy's mentor, Kalamazoo, and, and Paul is, you moving where, Paul? You're, you're continuing to serve at... Okay. Okay. Good. Well, thank you so much for, for your ministry. Good to have you guys here today. Um, thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity to just uh, share with you just for a few minutes and to uh, encourage you as a church and encourage Amy as well in all that God is doing. We know that this church has played a significant part in her life. I know that she has played a significant part in your life as well. And to all that, we just say, uh, praise the Lord. RBN Ministries has been in existence just over 80 years. We have sought through those years to assist and to serve churches in reaching boys and girls with the gospel of Christ. Some of you remember when we visited in, in one-room schools and went from school to school to teach the Bible. In 1960s, when the Bible and prayer was removed from the school, then we began doing release time Bible classes, which we do all over the state of Michigan and northern Ohio. Currently, we're reaching somewhere between 7,000 and 8,000 kids a month with about 14 or 15 missionaries placed all across the state. And as Amy shared in her testimony, 50% of those children don't attend Sunday school and church anyplace. So it's a great opportunity to share Christ. It's a great opportunity to teach the Bible to young ears who have never heard before. So obviously, as a ministry, we, we would always love to do more. We say sometimes there's only two things that keep us back. Number one, new uh, resources to do it, finances, and new missionaries as well. So obviously... We are here today with great delight to see and to encourage Amy and what 
she has perceived and through you as well perceived the leading of her life. Appreciate Pastor Spencer and his words that kind of define who she is and how God has developed her. And we're just thankful we can be literally just a small part. I like your, uh, the verse, Pastor, fanning the flame. I, I feel like over the last year, we've just, we've just kind of gone just about like this. This is all of God. This is what he's doing in her life. And, uh, and we're so thankful for that. I was uh, encouraged to share a few words with Amy this morning, so I'll kind of direct my next few thoughts to her. But this past week, I'm reading in various places, and I'm saying, Lord, what is it you want me to share with Amy this morning? And I came across these verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2 where Paul begins this letter by thanking them. And he says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. I read that this week, and I thought, boy, does that describe the relationship that we at RBM and Amos have had over the last uh, several months. First of all, it's been our joy on numerous occasions to thank the Lord for what God had been doing and what God is doing in your life, Amy, and to see how God was shaping you. And also, something else here, it's mentioned that we've mentioned you in our prayers, and we have prayed for you uh, continually along this way. And Pastor mentioned about the driving this uh, past year, and I know that was way outside your box. But you know, God sometimes challenges us, and he leads us, and he even sends somebody like Paul along to push you beyond where you feel like you can go. But we have prayed for you often, just as I know... This congregation, this family has prayed for you as well. Um, We have, along with your family, said, thank you, Lord, for Amy. Thank you for how you are using her. Thank you for bringing her to us. And then also, we have prayed for you. And uh, so that was, first of all, one of the things I noticed here. Paul, writing to the believers in uh, Thessalonica, says... He says, I am mindful of your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfast hope. I would have to say this, Amy, that we have seen your faith. I remember when we first heard your testimony about your job being eliminated, and you said, I have a year to pray about this and wait on the Lord and see what he's going to do. Um, So we have seen your faith in action Obviously, we've seen your labor of love as well. Um, Love for the Lord, love for children, whether it's serving here or serving in RBM or serving at Camp Barakel. We've seen your labor of love. And then we've seen your steadfast hope. You know, hope is that thing that keeps us going when times get tough. We look beyond where we're at today and we see we trust the Lord for what we cannot see. That's faith, but that's also hope because we, we trust that God is working in and through it. He's going to lead us, and we saw that in your testimony early on. And so we have often said thank you, and we've often prayed for you, and we've recognized these qualities in you. 
Do you remember there's at least one other place that um, Paul mentions these qualities? It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. I have to say this uh, to all of you. We have been blessed personally, and I mean personally, by Amy's love for others. I have seen personal thank you notes that have come across my desk. For I'm telling you the little things I've done <laughs> from Amy. Paul has seen thank you notes from Amy. She takes note of the ways that God is blessing her and those that are important to her. So we, we have been blessed. There's something I noticed, though, in these verses, and I think it's worth noting. Paul describes the believers in Thess Thessalonica by saying the work of faith, the labor of love, and the steadness, steadfastness of hope. It sounds like sometimes ministry can be tough. Why would Paul describe ministry as work, labor, and steadfastness? I was thinking about that the last couple of days, and I, I thought of what Paul wrote in, um, let me see if I can get it here, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Remember this passage where he says, But we have this treasure in earthly vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Remember that passage? And he goes on to say, we are afflicted on every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. So, you know, he mentions all those things. He comes down to the end of that passage. And in verse 16, he says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. In other words, in spite of what's happening and the difficulties that I'm facing, God's doing a great work within us. And then he says, for, mom for momentarily, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. For while we look not on the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what I think Paul's saying there? He said when we face difficulty and hardship, we ought never to forget the eternal work that God's doing in us. Sometimes we think he's thinking of something out there, but I wonder if since he talks about these afflictions and these hardships, he says, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So that means, if we go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, I need to remind you, Amy, and all of us, that ministry can be difficult. It can be labor. It can be work. There's going to be times when your steadfastness is going to be challenged. It is my prayer that in the midst of that, that your faith would grow, your love would grow, and your hope would increase even more. And let me close with this. Amy, and to all of us, 
God is more concerned about our spiritual growth and sanctification than he is about where we're at, where we live, and all those other things. So though God has prepared you for this ministry through all your experiences that have gone before, God will use this ministry to grow you, to grow your faith, and to grow your love, and to grow your hope as well. So Amy, thank you for following the Lord. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to just fan it just a little bit. We're excited. And I know your people, your family here are excited too. Lord bless you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Pastor Spencer. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much. 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1. Verse 6. For this reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God. Amy, you are a gift. A gift that Bob has identified was given to RBM. Pastor Spencer, I identified it as a gift that's given to Camp Berko, and a a gift perhaps that you have been since you were born. And I believe that. Because the psalmist says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and when we're in the womb, God knew us, and he had a purpose for us. But I want us this morning to think about the gift that God has given to us. I want you to know, first of all, that giftedness comes from God. Fan into flame the gift of God. Peter tells us that each one of us has been given a gift. And that we are to use that gift to serve one another as good stewards of what God has given to us. And God has placed us within the body of Christ and he's placed us within this body so that we might use the gifts and abilities to make a difference for his honor and his glory. What gift has God given to you today? Amy's gift has been identified as being with kids. Whether it's in Sunday school here at Calvary Baptist Church, or whether it's in release time Bible classes, or whether it's up at Camp Barakel, what gift has God given to you? Giftedness comes from God, and God has given to each of us a gift. The question is, what are we going to do with the gift that God has given to us? Because Paul writes to Timothy, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. Giftedness comes from God. Secondly, I want you to know that gifts are publicly identified by others. Paul here in this this text talks about the faith of Timothy. He talks about the faith that was seen in his Mother Eunice, his grandmother Lois. And Paul has seen it too because he says, I'm sure it's there. And others in Amy's life has identified the the gift that she has to, to minister and share. And others will identify in your life the gift. Aren't you thankful for Emily's gift this morning of sharing with us? Aren't you thankful for Matt's gift this morning of sharing with us? Aren't you thankful for our instrumentalist gift this morning of sharing? Those are gifts identified by others. And each one of us ought to be willing to identify in others the gift that God has given to them. So that we might fan the flame. 
so that we might build it up and so that we might understand the gift isn't for us to take and put in the lockbox someplace. Many of you know that uh, a month ago, Connie and I entered into the wet basement club. Five years in this house, never had a problem. Well, we had those torrential rains, and many of you are in that club too. And so we decided it's time to clean out. So we removed all of the boxes from all of the shelves, and Connie's been going through. Oh, we found pictures yesterday. I was such a good-looking little kid. Connie hands me a picture. She says, who's this in this picture? It's me and some people. I said, I don't know. It's me and some people. And it was fun going, going through and identifying the, the different events in our lives and, and seeing them. And Connie's got tears running down her face as she's passed, throwing away Mother's Day cards that the kids made for her when, do I dare tell you that you did that? Where, where's Connie? And Oh, she, you're throwing away all my Mother's Day cards I gave you, huh? Where are you? Oh, clear in the back. Oh, you kept all the Mother's Day cards. It was those birthday cards I gave you you were throwing away. But I didn't. All these neat things in our lives. Let me tell you something. Serving God is the neatest thing that you can have in your life. Because it is using what God has given to you as a gift to others and to you to make a difference. The the third truth is this. Fear does not come from God. Did you notice verse 7? King James, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. English Standard Version, for God gave us a spirit not of fear. Fear does not come from God. Amy, we prayed you through that bus thing. We really did. And that was a fearful thing. I got to tell you, that wasn't from God. That may have been the state of Michigan, but it wasn't from God. And none of us need to be afraid to use the gift that God has given to us because that's not of God. God's given us the gift to be a positive in our lives and a positive for other people, to make a difference. What are you afraid of today? What, what really frightens you? Maybe standing in front of people frightens you. Well, maybe that's not your gift i got to tell you, it frightens me. Yeah, really. But fear does not come from God. Our God doesn't operate that way. Our God does not choose all of the things that we are afraid of, in my case, snakes, and say, Africa, snakes. No. Our God has given to us A spirit of love. Look at the text. A spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. So the truth in ministry is this. We have the spirit of power in our lives. But you shall receive power. How? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? 
We have the Spirit of God who indwells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it is that Spirit who guides and directs us into all truth. It is that Spirit who brings things to our remembrance. It is that Spirit who has sealed us under the day of redemption. It is that Spirit who empowers us to live a life that pleases God. Amen? We don't have to do it on our own. thought I'd get a glory out of that somehow. Think about it. The truth in ministry is that God has given us the power. He's given us, according to Peter, everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So as you're struggling with your Christian life, and we all do, it's not God's fault. We struggle with our Christian lives. I talked to somebody this morning, and I said, how are you doing in your devos, devotions? They said, all right. I said, well, I have a friend, and this is true. I have a friend who will not eat a meal on any given day until he has had his devotions because he figures he's not going to feed himself physically until he has fed himself spiritually. The guy says, wow. I looked at the guy, and I said, you know, you could do with a little less with a few physical meals. But think about it. God has given to us everything that is necessary to empower us to serve him. Amen? And not only has he given us everything necessary through power, he's given us everything necessary through love. God has energized us to love. Amy loves kids. God has not called me to serve in the nursery. I love kids. is your love and how are you using that passion to serve the Lord God's given it to you what are you doing with it spirit of love some translations translate this endurance has the idea to do with our inner character Paul wrote to Timothy a little later in 2 Timothy, don't be ashamed, love. And then he says, giving you the spirit of self-control, King James, sound mind. You know that insanity is hereditary? You get it from your kids. Amy, there are going to be days that you're working with all those kids. You're going to wonder, where's my mind? God's given you a sound mind to know exactly how to work with those kids, exactly how to minister to them, exactly how to share with them. We have a release Bible time here from Verona School. I want to thank those who, who came. Sandy Bolding was one. Robert and Deborah were others. Jerry and Betty Heck. Marty was here helping us. And there was this little girl, this little girl who sat on the front row. Well, she kind of sat on the front row. She didn't sit much. And finally, I think it was Sandy who went up and sat right behind her and helped her. I think the next step was Sandy sitting on top of her. (laughs) Been there, Amy? Yeah. Tear your hair out. But God has given to us 
the spirit of a sound mind and everything that is necessary for us to be calm and well-balanced and disciplined and in control is available from God as we serve Him. Giftedness comes from God. Giftedness is identified publicly by others. Fear is not from God. But the truth in ministry is he's given us power and he's given us love and he's given us a sound mind. And that's what we need to serve him. And by the way, he's given this to each of us. To all of us. In one way or another. Amy, I want to thank you for being such a great representative of our Lord your family, Calvary Baptist Church, RBM, the schools that you ministered to, thank you. And I want you to remember that you're a gift. And when you struggle, remember that work of faith, that labor of love, that steadfastness of hope. <laughs> That'll get you through a lot. But remember you're a gift. And understand that God has something very special for you. Amy, I'm going to ask you to join me on the platform here, would you please? I'm going to ask our GMT to, to join me, please, here on the platform. And I'm going to ask our deacons to join me on the platform, please. And we're just going to gather around Amy and, and pray for her. This is uncomfortable too, isn't it? <laughs> John, come on. Come on, Samuel, jump in here. Paul, would you grab that mic for me, please? Thank you. And I want all of you to join us in prayer, please. And I'm going to ask Pastor Spencer to lead us in prayer. In our GMT, our missions committee, each of our missionaries is a assigned to someone who keeps track of them and shares with them and ministers to them and Amy's on Pastor Spencer's list and so I'm going to ask Pastor Spencer to 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 lead us in in prayer please and just ask God to continue to use Amy in a very special way come on let's let's gather up here around here Marty come on up come on in Mitch all right Father, this is a very special moment. We are so thankful for your call upon Amy's life. A call to you, a call to serve you, a call to this particular ministry of sharing the gospel with children. God, we just ask your blessing upon her. Give her all that is needed, all that we've talked about in 2 Timothy. Lord, give her wisdom. Give her love. Give her patience. And God, give her fruitfulness. 
May as the result of her ministry, as this has been going on for so many years, may there be many boys and girls give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ and come to know and love and serve him. God, we thank you for Amy. It is our joy, our privilege to commit her and commission her in this particular ministry. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.